Come on, do you feel him in this place? Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen, we believe that anything is possible. Hallelujah, because Jesus is in the building. The Holy Ghost is moving up and down these aisles. Come on, if you have a need right now, let's worship the Lord for a few moments. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, he's in this house. He's in this house. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. Let's clap our hands into the Lord. Somebody give God a shout of praise in Jesus' name. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. It's so good to be in the house, Lord, and to feel what we feel Amen. I love coming into the presence of the Lord and worshiping with my brothers and my sisters in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. If you have your Bibles, we're going to turn open to the book of 2 Chronicles chapter 20, starting in verse number 1. It's good to have all of our guests and our visitors with us in the house of the Lord. Amen. I see three strangers back over here. Amen. Let's have them all come up and testify and sing. No, I'm kidding. I won't, I won't do that to you. But man, you guys sure have grown a lot. Amen. Good to have you in church. Second Chronicles chapter 20 and verse number 1. Well, I already embarrassed the kids, so I might as well. Sister Lisa Buxton, it's so good to see you in the house of the Lord. Now, we just had them testify and sing, so are you ready to come up and do that? I'm kidding. Amen. It's good to have them in the house, Lord. Brother Buxton told me last night that they were coming. He said, my, my sister-in-law is coming, and I, for some reason, thought his, his wife's family. I thought, man, great. It's going to be so good to meet them. And he goes, you already know them. <laughs> and so, good to have you all in church with us today. Amen. I've said this three times. We're actually getting the Word of God here today. 2 Chronicles chapter 20 and verse number 1. The Bible says this, And it came to pass after this also that the children of Moab and, their and the children of Ammon, and with them besides the Ammonites, came also against Jehoshaphat to battle. Then there came some that told Jehoshaphat, saying, There cometh a great multitude against thee from beyond the sea on this side of Syria. And behold, they be in, y'all pronounce that in however you would like, which is in En Gedi. I got that one. And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all of Judah. Then Judah gathered themselves together, I love this, to ask help of the Lord. Amen. Even out of all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. Skipping down to verse number 15. They asked God for help. And this is the help they received. And he said, Hearken ye all Judah and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem, and thou, King Jehoshaphat, 
Thus saith the Lord unto you, Be not afraid nor dismayed by reason of this great multitude. For the battle is not yours, but God's. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, The battle is not yours, the battle is the Lord's. Tomorrow go ye down against them. Behold, they come up by the cliff of Zis, and you shall find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jerel. You shall not need to fight in this battle. Turn to your neighbor and say, you don't need to fight this one. Set yourselves, stand ye still, and see the salvation of the Lord with you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Fear not, nor be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord will be with you. And Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground. And all of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. And the Levites and the children of the Kohathites and the children of the Korites stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with a loud voice on high. And they rose early in the morning and went forth into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went forth, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem. Behold, but believe in the Lord your God. So shall you be established. Believe his prophets. So shall you prosper. And when he had consulted with the people, they all kind of reasoned together after they got a word from God. He appointed singers unto the Lord that they should praise the beauty of holiness as they went out before the army and to say, Praise the Lord, for his mercy endureth forever. And when they had begun to sing and praise, the Lord set ambushments against the children of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, which were come against Judah, and they were smitten. Amen. I want to preach to us for a few moments on this subject. Worship can change the outcome. Worship can change the outcome. Amen. Would you set down your Bibles and let's pray together. There's a lot of people this afternoon that there's a myriad of situations that are currently going on. But I want to encourage you with this word that worship, amen, not somebody else's worship, but your worship can indeed change the outcome. Somebody pray right now. By the authority of the name of Jesus, I'm praying that your word would speak to us, God, that you would, amen, impart this revelation, this truth to each and every one of our hearts that it is in your nature, God, that worship from your people will cause your hand to move and it will change the outcome that they are facing. God, we give you praise and glory and honor in the wonderful name of Jesus. And everybody said amen. Hallelujah. Turn to your neighbor and tell them before you're seated, worship can change the outcome. God bless you. You may be seated for a few moments today. Amen. This is a familiar story that we are reading here today because, as we will talk about here in a little bit, the response of God's people was quite unorthodox. Amen. But to get us to that place, we've got to understand why we are even in this position, why this circumstance is happening the Bible lets us know just about a chapter or two later 
that Ahab died in battle. Ahab was the king of Israel, and he inquired of the Lord whether or not he should go up to battle. We know we don't have time today to talk about it, but Ahab was a wicked king. He did not serve the Lord, nor did he really want a word from God. He wanted to go into this battle so that he could show forth his might and his strength. In fact, he called all of these uh, so-called prophets and preachers to come and to tell him what the word of the Lord was, but he only inquired of people that didn't really have a word from God. Amen. He did not inquire of those that were going to tell him the truth, but only those that would tickle his ears and tell him what he wanted to hear. And Jehoshaphat decided to join him in this fight. And as he shows up, amen, and, and he could tell that Ahab is inquiring of the Lord, he asks a question, is there not a prophet of God in the house? And is there not somebody that will tell us what, what God is really saying? And we don't really need to hear, amen, a smooth talker, but we need to hear what thus saith the Lord, amen. Not sugar-coated, but we need to hear a word from God. And Ahab said, there sure is a prophet, but I don't like him. And I'll tell you why I don't like him, because he never prophesies anything good to me. He only tells me the truth, and I sure don't like him. And so they bring this man of God before them, and they, they have him speak the word. And as he speaks the word, he tells them, oh, yeah, go ahead and go up to battle. It'll be all right. But he knew that that man was holding back from him, and he finally got the word out of his mouth, and he said, you're going to go up. Ahab and you're going to die in battle. And, and so they decided to not heed the word of the Lord, but to go up into battle anyways. And I want you to know that it was not just a wicked king by the name of Ahab that went to battle, but it was also a God-fearing man by the name of Jehoshaphat that decided to join himself, amen, to this wicked king to go to a battle that God was not in. And just as God had promised and prophesied, Ahab died in that battle. But thanks to God's mercy, Jehoshaphat made out and he escaped with his life. Amen. Uh, even though he made the wrong decision to join himself to the wrong people, to not heed the word of the Lord, God gave him mercy. Amen. We find in 2 Chronicles chapter 19 and verse 2, that Jehoshaphat is being rebuked by the Lord. And he said, should you help the ungodly and love them that hate the Lord. And so he is being rebuked for joining himself to a battle that God was not involved in, to join himself to a battle that God had not ordained. And, and yet in God's mercy, I thank him for his mercy, he said, there's wrath upon you, but I want to also give you some mercy. There's also, I love this, he said, there's also some good things found in thee. Can I just preach to somebody for a moment that, that many times we have engaged in a battle that God has not ordained, and often we find ourselves in conflict that God has not ordained for us, and, and often we make decisions that God would not have us to make, and we go directions that God would have us to not going and in God's mercy he he tells us and he corrects us and he rebukes us but he also looks down from heaven upon you and I and says I've still found some good things in you somebody ought to give God praise this afternoon 
Amen. In spite of what you've done wrong, there's still some things that you've got right. And God doesn't throw away, amen, when you throw you away when you just got a little wrong. Amen. God looks for the good in you and I. He looks uh, for the good that we have left that he might rebuild it, that he might magnify it, that he might multiply it. And somebody said amen. And so we find that he's been rebuked by the Lord and, 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 and he, he just, he's in this position. But the Bible says in our text, as we read today, it came to pass after. After what? After he had gotten involved in a battle that he shouldn't have been in. Amen. The Bible says that he got another battle showing up. Amen. That this time there was armies coming from all around him. He was now being attacked. Amen. He was no longer coming to the defense of somebody else, but now he was going to be attacked himself. And in this battle, amen, this, this, this test, if you will, amen, I want you to know that when you and I fail the test that God brings to us, amen, it's not that you fail and you move on. But when you and I fail a test, amen, that God will often bring that test around full circle. Some people wonder why they have seen the same tombstones in their life and seen the same sceneries in their life, amen. It's like the children of Israel that wandered around the same mountain for 40 years. You think that they'd eventually got it figured out. We've been here before, but I learned a long time ago in living for God that I myself have compassed a mountain too many times, and I have gone in circles and found myself in the same trouble that I just got up out of, and I wondered why there have been tests in my life Life that have not been one-time tests, but they've been repeated and repeated and repeated. I want you to know that the reason that God allows trials to repeat in your life and trouble to repeat in your life and repeat in my life is because God is giving us an opportunity at getting a passing grade, that God is giving us the opportunity to learn and to grow. Somebody give God praise here today. Amen. The teacher from heaven is giving you another opportunity to pass. And these enemies are coming at him from everywhere. And he's got a decision to make. Do I go out and immediately, impetuously go and fight this battle uh, and, and do what I have just done and and quite frankly if he did what he just did he would probably get what he just got and he's now seeing himself in this position amen do I go out and do I fight uh, do I go out and just uh, regardless of what God is speaking to me and regardless of what God is saying can I go out and can I fight this battle and, and there's a lesson here for each and every one of us that God is trying to reveal even to the king Jehoshaphat amen that, that not every battle belongs to you and I. Let me just say this for a moment. You do not need to fight every battle that comes your direction. Hallelujah. Not everything that comes into your life, amen, is a, is a reason, amen, to declare war, amen. Not every situation that comes into your life, amen, is something that you need to put on your armor and, and get ready for battle, amen. Because in those moments, if we're not careful, we can become so self-reliant that we think, amen, that this battle belongs to me. 
Amen. Can I preach to myself for a moment? I know what it is to be so self-reliant that every time something comes by, I have made it up in my mind, this is my battle, and I start, amen, to navigate this fight and to figure it out, and I start to work out my strategy on how I am going to combat it and how I am going to win. But, amen, if I were to be honest with myself and if some of us were to be honest here today, we would realize that there are moments that God brings things into our life uh, that we no longer need self-reliance, that it is no longer, amen, a focus on us, uh, amen, that not every battle belongs to me, that I don't have to fight everything that comes my way, that I don't have to rely on me every time I come up against something, but there comes moments uh, where I've got to turn and face heaven and say, Lord, this battle is not mine. This battle belongs to God. Somebody clap your hands and give God praise. Amen. If we're not careful, we will engage in fights that don't belong to us. Amen. We'll see somebody else struggling and not realize it's a test from God, and we'll come by with the answers and all, amen, to all of God's questions for them, not realizing that sometimes, amen, self-discovery is the best way to learn, and we get involved in other people's struggles, amen, and we do err in that because God was using that struggle to perfect them, and amen, there's times where you got to allow people to struggle, amen, even though you want to come in and help and rescue them. But when they struggle, they grow. When they struggle, they learn. When And I get it, Jehoshaphat's a good leader. Jehoshaphat's a good king. Jehoshaphat's a good friend. He wants to come to the aid of Ahab and come to the aid of his brother. But, amen, that battle didn't belong to him. That battle was not something he should have been engaged in. God wanted him to learn the lesson. You don't got to fight everything in your own power. Amen. And it's a lesson that Israel has learned and then lost, learned and then lost. Amen, that, that when it's about them, when it's their abilities, amen, they go out and they fight. In fact, you'd think, it's, you'd think it's strange that God would look at David and he would say, David, you have committed murder, you have committed adultery. And God says, as long as you repent, I'll forgive you. But when you look at David's greatest sin, the Bible says he numbered the people. You know what that really is? That is David's way of finding out whether he can do it without God. Come on, somebody. And I have been there myself, and I've met a lot of people that have done and crunched the numbers to find out whether they have enough uh, without God's help, whether they can do it without God's help. But I've come to help you, let God help you, that if you can get God on your side, you don't, you don't got to crunch the numbers, uh, you don't got to do calculus or, or geometry. You can let God work uh, in your life, uh, amen, and say, God, uh, this battle is not mine. Uh, this battle belongs to the Lord. I'm to take myself out of the picture and say, God, you brought it into my life. You can take it out of my life. You allowed it to come to teach me a lesson, but Lord, I'm ready to learn the lesson and let you work. Somebody give God a hand clap of praise. Somebody shout for a few moments. Hallelujah. There's folks struggling right now all across this building, but I've come to encourage you. Amen. Step out for a moment and let God step in. Jehoshaphat is now in the same position. Do I rush into the battle? 
Do I fight anyways? Or do I change my behavior? Hallelujah. This is where it gets complicated, church. Because often we want to continue doing the same things. But we've got to be willing to change our behavior. Amen. And say, Lord, I have done this before and it has not turned out well for me. Amen. And I, I, I have done this before and I ended up in another battle. Amen. And so the Bible says that Jehoshaphat, he began to get afraid. Amen. Before he had, he had so much arrogance and so much pride that he was able to fight any battle with or without God and, and only to get slayed and, and have his friends pass away because, amen, they did not heed the word of the Lord and, and now he's a little bit different. He's He's been changed a little bit and now he's getting surrounded on every side and he's getting overwhelmed as we've talked about before and, and he doesn't know what to do and, and, and here he is. The Bible says he got amen, afraid and he didn't know what was going on and Jehoshaphat said I could, I could just go ahead and fight it. I could just go ahead and run away or I can go back to what we tried to do before and this time learn the lesson and this time change my behavior this time get it right and so the Bible says that Jehoshaphat began to pray can I preach to somebody today that amen often the greatest way to get victory in your life amen is not self-reliance it's not calculating your abilities amen versus your inabilities amen but sometimes the quickest way to get victory is to hit your knees and pray amen the Bible says humble yourself and pray. The greatest, amen, challenge to somebody praying is a thing called pride. That pride that says, I don't need God's help. I can do it all by myself. I've learned to rely on me. But if you can ever get to that place where you humble yourself and say, Lord, I admit it. I've tried to do it without you, and it hasn't worked. I have done things without you, amen, and they didn't work. But today, I humble myself, amen, in my fear. I humble myself in my anxiety. I humble myself. Come on, somebody. I'm preaching where some people are living. I humble myself in spite of what I'm being surrounded by. I need the hand of God to help me. Oh, somebody lift up your hands and let's pray for a few moments. Come on, let's pray in this house. Come on, let's pray. Amen. It could be that when you pray, amen, God's going to give you an answer. It could be that when you pray, you're, you're going to find out exactly what the next step is. It could be that when you pray, amen, and you stop doing it by yourself, that God will give you a word. He began to pray in 2 Chronicles 20 and 12. He said, oh, our God, amen, will you not judge them that are coming against me? He said, we have... And he finally admitted, we have no might against this great company. Sometimes God will give you more than you can bear. I know that people like to say God won't give you more than you can bear, but that, that's misquoting, amen, uh, 2 Corinthians 10, 13, amen, that God won't lead you in a temptation above that which you can bear, but with every temptation will also make a way of escape, amen. That doesn't mean that there aren't moments of life where he brings in things, uh, amen, that are too much for us to bear. 
Hallelujah. Let me break some theology down for some folks. Often God will bring things into your life and into my life that are beyond our capacity and beyond our ability. You know why? Because, amen, when those things come, he also makes a way of escape. What is that way of escape? It's the revelation and understanding that what I cannot do, I have a God that can do it. What is impossible for man is is possible for God. And what I am not able, he is well. Able and what come on, somebody ought to give your God some praise this afternoon. Uh, that if you can ever get the revelation, uh, it's unbearable, and I admit it. Uh, but Lord, you can bear my burdens and you can take my pain. And God, you can come on if I can put it in the hands of God, uh, amen. It'll get off my shoulders, and if I can e- exchange my burden for His burden, uh, I'm gonna feel some strength I did not have. Oh, somebody ought to give God praise. More than you and I can bear. God does that. Amen. Because it's the only thing that will get some of us to pray. God brings those situations because it's the only thing that will get some of us to take the exit ramp of life. Amen. To say, God, I've been doing it on my own means and my own power. But today I acknowledge we don't have enough might against all these people. There's all these things surrounding us. and There's all these things coming against us. We don't know what to do is what he prayed. He said, I don't know what to do. I, I don't have enough, uh, amen, money. I don't have enough education. I don't have enough resources. I don't have enough time. I don't have enough strength. I don't have enough energy. Amen. Come on, somebody. Uh, he says we don't have enough there, but not only that, even if I had enough, uh, I don't got a strategy that's good enough. Uh, I don't got a, come on, somebody. I don't have uh, the knowledge of what to do, uh, even if I had the means to do it. Uh, God would would you help me? God, would you help me? I don't have enough to do it, but I don't know what to do. He said, Lord, my eyes are upon thee. Lord, I've tried to put my eyes on me for far too long. And today, I set my eyes towards the hills from whence cometh my help. Somebody ought to give your help some praise this afternoon. You ought to celebrate that you got a God that's higher than you, that you got a God that's smarter than you, that you got a God that's stronger than you, that you got a God that's richer than you, that you got to come on somebody, you got to help in the Lord. You got strength in God. There's a might you don't have, but God has it. Somebody give God praise. He said, I don't know what to do. I don't have the means to do it, but God, I can fix my eyes. Amen. On where I can get some help. Amen. And when he began to pray and say, God, I need your help. And all of Israel, all of our eyes are looking towards you. Amen. And we acknowledge it's not going to be by our might or our power, but it's going to be by the spirit of the Lord. It's going to be by the hand of God. I I don't have enough to fight this battle. Can I just preach for a moment? There's times, amen, that if we're going to be honest, we don't have enough to fight the battle. Amen. There's times you ain't got enough money for the bills. There are just moments in life where you don't have enough medicine to make you well. And you're going to have to hit your knees and say, God, I don't know what to do. Amen. But Lord, I'm going to set my eyes. I'm going to set my affection on things above. Oh, somebody pray for a moment. 
Come on, I feel them in this house. Come on, you're looking at a predetermined outcome right now that is beyond what you can handle. There, you're looking at a predetermined outcome that says you're not going to make it. You're looking at a predetermined outcome that says you're not going to get well. You're looking at a predetermined outcome that says you're not going to get it. Come on, things aren't going to turn around for you. Uh, amen. But if you can set your eyes uh, on the Lord uh, and say, God, I need a word. Uh, it's not my fight. Uh, it's not my battle. God's going to help. Man, and the word of God come. When we pray, you will get a word. Let me say that again. When we pray, we will hear from God. The times we've not heard from God are the times we have not talked to God. The times I have not heard from God are the times I have not I had a conversation with God. Amen. You got to get Jesus, amen, on the cell phone and all the other things off the cell phone. Amen. You got to say, Lord, I need to hear from you. It doesn't matter if it's a direct word, if it's just somebody giving me good advice. I need you to give me because I don't even know what to do right now. And I don't have enough strategy in my brain. And I need you to help me out. And so he began to pray. And the Bible says that somebody showed up, amen, that, that had a word from the Lord. The Bible says, amen, that it was a child of Levi. Amen. He was part of the priesthood. And, amen. I thank God for the days I didn't have an answer but I went to church anyways. I thank God for the moments I didn't know what to do but I showed up to church and a preacher told me you need to give God the praise anyhow. And I didn't know what was going on but I said alright amen. I've tried everything else and it's not worked so I might as well lift my hands. I might as well clap my hands. I might as well shout it. and I can preach from experience that worship will change the outcome he got a word the preacher brought a word and said hey this battle is not yours and sometimes knowing when to fight and when to not to, when not to fight amen are both equally important you got to know when to fight and when not to fight amen Old song says, know when to hold them, when to fold them. I don't know. There's something about that. But there's times where you got to get engaged in the fight, and there's times where you got to say, you know what? This is beyond me. Come on, somebody. There's times in life that things are beyond us, and we, we think it's all about us. But sometimes it's not about you and I. Sometimes it's beyond you and I. And sometimes the battle is not about us, but it's about what God is trying to teach us. And, and sometimes the struggles we are going through, if we can get the proper perspective about it, and we, we would be able to change our behavior in that moment and say, Lord, amen, now I've got a word. The battle is not yours. And Jehoshaphat, you are so used to fighting every battle, even if if it's not yours, but let the preacher preach you for a moment. If the battle is not yours, stop fighting it. If the battle doesn't belong to you, let it go. Don't, don't steal the battle. Amen. Don't be a thief of the battle. Amen. Give it back to God and say, Lord, this doesn't belong to me. I took it out of your hands, but today I'm going to place it back in your hands. I don't know what you're doing, but you know what you're doing. I don't understand what's going on, but you understand what's going on. So, Lord, I'm going to step out of the driver's seat and I'm going to let you take over. Somebody ought to give God praise. He said the battle is the Lord's. The battle belongs to the Lord and you, you don't have to worry about it. You don't have to fight about it. You just go ahead and, and, and you need not fight the battle. Amen. Somebody needs to hear that word. You need not fight. I know in Pentecostal circles it's always like the kingdom suffer violence and the violent take it by force. And, yeah, we're getting brawls in the church too. Why not? But it's, it's, you got to fight. 
But there's a moment where you've got to surrender, not to the enemy. Hear me out. Surrender, not to the enemy. Not to life, not to circumstances. You got to wave your white flag, and it's it's not to everything you're facing. But sometimes you got to look up and say, "My eyes are on you, Lord. See my white flag." Come on, you got to wave it around and say, Lord, I, I try and I can't do it. But I admit, if I can surrender and I can hand over the battle, amen, you shall not and you need not fight this battle because salvation comes from God, not from me. That victory comes from God, not from my own intellect. That victory, come on, somebody, victory belongs to Jesus. And the Bible says he made a decision in that moment. Okay, if victory does not belong to me, if, if this fight does not belong to me, I can get all of the army ready in defiance to what God has told me and not learn the lesson that I should have learned a while ago. But if I can get the revelation, it is God's battle and not mine, then that means I've just got one job. That is to worship God. Amen, I know we don't do it, but anybody ever seen a boxing match? You aren't in the ring. Let me just say that again. You aren't in the ring. You're in the stands. There's some folks in the stands shadow boxing right now acting like they're in the middle of the fight but that's not how it works you, you, you don't you don't you don't you don't act like you're in the fight uh, amen and always mope and complain about everything going on in your life you're not the one taking the hits or the blows amen it's the one in the ring you're just out there on the stands uh, and you're observing the one that is fighting it and even in that realm there's just one thing you can do you can cheer for your champion uh, as he wins the fight Y'all ain't hearing me today, but we'll go through it anyways. Amen. If you take yourself out of the ring, you've got one job. Amen. I'm not going to get ready for fighting. I'm not going to get my gloves on, but I'm going to celebrate, and I'm going to worship, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cheer on the Lord. Amen. That is mightier than I. Amen. Jehoshaphat said, I made it up in my mind. You're going to get everybody ready to cheer. You get everybody ready ready to celebrate. You get everybody ready to worship. I don't know how the fight's going to go. I don't know how the battle's going to transpire, but I do know that it's a fixed fight, and I do know that at the end, the Lord's never lost the battle, that God has never failed, that God is, somebody ought to give God praise. Let's stand across the building and give God a shout. Oh, somebody ought to give God praise. Somebody ought to give God praise. Amen. He sent him out. Amen. He sent him out to worship. He sent him out to praise. Amen. The outcome was predetermined that he would lose, that there was too many, that he didn't have enough. So he said, if God said, this is my fight, I've got one thing to do. I've got to cheer for my champion, and I've got a champion that is in heaven. I've got a champion that's never lost a battle. I've got a champion. His name is Jesus. Not even death could defeat him. Sickness stood no chance. Leprosy was cleansed. Come on, somebody. Blind eyes were open. Deaf ears were unlocked. There's nothing Jesus has ever faced that he couldn't overcome. Jesus.
Somebody ought to shout and give God praise for a few moments. Come on, if it's not your fight, you just got to cheer on your champion. Come on, if you're in the middle of it and you don't know what to do, shut your eyes on him and lift up your voice and give God praise. He had no answer that things were going to work out. And there's a lesson there. And especially with people that are so hands-on. Can I preach to those of us that are always so involved in our struggles and we want to make sure we help God out. God, let me give you some advice. There's times where you got to just say, all right, I don't know how it's going to work. And instead of involving myself in that part of the battle, strapping my sword on spiritually, God, I'm going to lift up my hands. And I'm going to give you praise. Even though I don't see the outcome yet. Come on, somebody. Even though things currently don't look positive. I mean, I'm going to do what, what some folks have said many times before. I'm going to praise him in advance. He sent the praisers out. And let me help you here today. We're going to worship. There's going to be some folks who are going to clap their hands. Some people are going to dance. And some people are going to let their hands in the air and tears fall down their face. Amen. I'm not talking about a specific response of worship here today. Amen. I'm not looking for you to get out and sweat all over this place. But I do believe there's some folks that are genuinely coming up against some things and they don't know how they're going to overcome it. Amen. The outcome that they are looking at right now does not line up. Uh, amen. With what they would like to see. Amen. The outcome they're looking at means they're going to get more broke. The outlook they're looking at, uh, amen, means they're going to get more sick. The outlook they're looking at uh, and I've just come to tell somebody and remind you that if you can get God involved in the fight with your hands in the air with tears streaming down your face uh, with a dance with a clap with a shout whatever it might be uh, and say whatever we do uh, we're going to give God praise can I preach to somebody uh, what the word of the Lord says? Uh, he appointed singers uh, unto the Lord uh, that they should praise uh, the beauty of his holiness. Uh, there's nobody uh, like our God. Uh, amen. He's distinct. Uh, he's separate. Uh, and the Bible says they went out uh, before the army. Lord, we are prepared to fight if that's what you want us to do but I would much rather worship you and watch you fight. I am prepared, Lord, to get in the ring, but Lord, I would much rather be here on the sidelines cheering the name of Jesus and telling the devil you're going to lose than I would to get in the ring myself. The Bible says they praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. But I love this about the Bible. It teaches us something about God. The outcome was not good at that moment. But when they began to sing and to praise, in the middle of cheering on the Lord, the Bible says the Lord set ambushments against their enemy.
some of you, let me say it this way, some of us, because we all are in the struggle, some of us are one praise break away from a breakthrough. See, see, there's some folks did it when they were new converts because they knew they had nothing else to rely upon. But how about now that you could technically rely on your army? I wonder if there's some folks that would say, Lord, I need a breakthrough enough that I'm willing to give you worship. It might come in the form of a shout. It might come as a form of my hands in the air. It might come as tears run down my face. But as I praise the Lord, as I worship, the Bible says the Lord begin to turn it all around. God begin to change the outcome. We're going to give God praise. As they praise God changed the outcome Jesus tells a parable of a man that owed a lot of money that's right for the broke folk hallelujah owed a lot of money he owed millions of dollars but you know what the Bible says he fell down and worshiped he was still broke well somebody I said amen he was still struggling he was still broke. He still had a debt hanging over his life. He was still in sin, if I could preach it that way. Amen. He was still in debt to the King of kings and Lord of lords. But he fell down and he worshiped in advance and said, if you'll just help me. And the Bible says that in that moment, every debt that was hanging over his life came up. Come on, somebody, when you worship, it doesn't matter if bankruptcy is the outcome you're looking at. God will give you wisdom on how to get out of it. God will give you blessing on how to get out of it. You might be in sin, but God will give you the ability and the forgiveness to get up out of it. Matthew chapter 15, the Bible says that there was a daughter possessed of the devil. And the mother came to Jesus and said, Jesus, can you heal her? He said, go away. But the Bible says she fell down and started worshiping him. And he said, daughter, something just transpired in this moment when you worship me. Amen. Your daughter who was possessing nothing was going to change from that very hour. The Bible says she was made whole. Can I preach to somebody? There was a leper that was dirty, that was filthy, that was sick in his body. Amen. But the Bible says he fell down at the feet of Jesus and began to worship him. And the Bible says he was made whole from that very hour. The Bible says that Jairus had a daughter that was dying and dead, but he fell down at the feet of Jesus and worshiped him, and the daughter lived. The Bible says there was a wild man, had thousands of devils on his back, but he ran several miles down the hill in spite of the devil, in spite of what he felt, and he fell down and said, I know I'm possessed. I know I'm afflicted. I know the devil's fighting me, but he fell down and worshiped, and he went home to what did I come to tell you? If you can worship God in your own expression, whatever it might be, whatever you're facing, I want you to know that God can change the outcome. I want to open up this altar. Come on. 
Why don't you empty out your seats and lift your hands in the air? Come on. Throw your hands in the air and begin to worship the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. Well, God, you don't know what I'm facing. Let him change it right now. Let him change the outcome right now. Come on, doctor said there's no hope. Worship God anyways and watch him heal you. And then they said you're broke. Worship God and watch God bless you. Praise him for the victory. The weapons we use are not bombs and guns. Come on, whatever your expression is, whether it's a hand in the air, whether it's a dance, whatever you do, praise him until there's a change in the atmosphere. Praise him until there's deliverance. Praise him until there's healing. Praise him until there's forgiveness. Blow the trumpet shout. Praise him for the victory. Worship is the way the battle is won. This is the way Come on. that we fight. He's changing the outcome. He's the changing victory. the outcome. Can't stop praising his name. I just can't stop praising his name. I just can't stop praising the name of Jesus. Can't stop praising his name. I just can't stop. Lift your hands all across the building. It just could be. 